Welcome to North London's Most Read, Episode 3. On today's episode, we will be discussing Arsenal's 2-0 victory over Newcastle in the third round of the FA Cup. Four wins in a row. It's not going too badly at the moment, is it? It's not going badly at all. Ever since we started podcasting, we've won every game. I'm not trying to say that we are the good omens, but um, we are the good omens. And we are, uh, we're going to keep going because obviously it's because of us single-handedly. Uh, we are looked upon positively by the football gods and we've never had to do a loss yet. We're either undefeated, lucky, or the timings have just aligned perfectly for us. No, I choose to believe that uh, we are the difference. We are the 12th <laughs> man on the pitch. And, uh, of we'll course go you there. <laughs> Yeah, well, um, should we start with Martinelli? Injured in the warm-up. Yep. This is depressing, this one. I know. So, uh, Reese Nelson started instead on the left. Um, about half an hour in, they flashed this Arsenal logo branded body bag, and I was very confused, but it turns out it was just like a blanket that... Uh, Martinelli had on him or something. It was weird because they didn't show Martinelli's face in the shot at first. So I saw this weird body bag with Arsenal logo, and I'm like, oh god, it's bad, isn't it? Um, but the fact that yeah, he wasn't enough to worry anyone. But the fact that he was at the hospital, uh, he wasn't at hospital, and he was still sitting at the stadium makes me think it's not that bad. I saw a comment. I don't know how reliable the source is about that. It's just that like he rolled an ankle rather than sort of redid his leg injury. So hopefully it's not the worst thing ever. Yeah, when you think how long he's been out for as well, like taking precautions is always going to be best with him. Yeah, uh, he's had he's been out for nine months, so we 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 need to wrap him in Cornwall at the moment, especially if we're going to have to have people like Reese Nelson starting in our team. So you're not a fan of Reese Nelson? I mean, I might be if I played in League One or in the Championship. I mean, sorry if I supported a League One or Championship team. But so you don't think but he's, gonna he's not of... good enough for us now? Absolutely not. I haven't seen him I've probably seen him play one good game for Arsenal in about 20 or so Arteta Arteta doesn't rate him either which is good to see when he subbed him off in like the 56th or something minute he hadn't I want him to do well don't get me wrong he's he's come up through the academy like I want all these players that come up through the academy to do well but it comes a time when you've got to just think let's try and get a fee for him he um he didn't have a good game today I don't think he didn't hit that chance that came into him in the middle first time he took a touch and then that was too much uh, it took too long and then uh, didn't manage to get through the defenders and get the shot off that was unfortunate he did sort of he reminds me a bit of how Saka was in some areas last season in that before Saka developed that 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 dynamism to just go and take the risk and attack things and go for it with confidence first time um, he'd sometimes delay a bit too much and Reese Nelson still has that and I, it might just be a confidence thing he hasn't developed that killer instinct at this level and I hope he does make it because you know I think there's nothing better than having a bunch of your youth team players coming through but unfortunately he didn't have the best game again today I mean the only thing I'd say about Reese Nelson which is, which is positive in today's game is that I'd play him over Willian <laughs> we'll get to Willian let's cover the game a bit first so at the beginning when I saw the team sheet I saw Tierney was on the game, on left back, and I was a bit worried because I thought he'd been playing a lot of games and I thought, let's just give him yeah. a rest. But having watched the game, I appreciate Arteta for starting him because he was fantastic, made the difference, created a bunch of chances. And honestly, like it's difficult to like do the what-ifs, but we may have lost that game if Tierney didn't play. He's a machine. Yeah. He's an absolute machine. Um, and the thing is, with, with Tierney, you don't actually worry about his fatigue and stuff like that. Like He can do it. For 90 minutes, let alone, you know, he did it for the whole 120 minutes. Like he was, 
Incredible. Yeah, they didn't even want to go near him, the, the, the wingbacks, by the end of it, because they knew that if they got close to him, they'd just run at them and run past them because he's got that burst of pace. I think he outran well, he's, Yedlin. He's I think he's adapted his game a little bit because he doesn't just always, like, at the start of the season and, and towards the end of last season, like, all he did was tap it past someone and run. And he does still do that quite a lot, but he's still, he's adapted a few things to his game, like, especially, obviously, with the goal against West Brom, but he's doing a lot more, like, cutbacks and dummies and, like, he's really kind of getting and enjoying his attacking attacking role in the team at the moment. Yeah, yeah, the uh, the defenders on toast when he'd, like, fake passing it back to Alba into this more central yeah. and then go past and run because he's got that quick acceleration. It was just great. He's And he's a, he's the only good crosser of the ball that I can think of at the top of my head. So um, he's just what, fantastic. Just at Arsenal? Or? Well, I'm just, uh, what I'm thinking of is having someone at left back like Kalasin actually couldn't deliver a ball compared. Yeah, yeah, in, in a fullback position. Yeah, and he's he's got it. All over on his uh, opposite on Bellerin on the right. So, yeah. Yeah, very pleased with that. I think at the beginning, in the first half, uh, you can see that even though he's only played a few games, the central areas just feel really underutilised without someone like Emil Smith-Rowe in there who can link between the middle yeah. and the attack. And so, um, even though one of those subs was Xhaka, I think that all of the subs were exactly what should have been done at every single time during the game. I I think what the the subs show is that they are the first team now. I think Arteta's through these last four wins and stuff like that. I think the best thing that's come out of it is I honestly think that Arteta pretty much knows his first eleven now. Yeah. So who? Because do you I think when that? they came on, I think when they came on, they made a world of difference. And I think he gave chances to people like um, Reese Nelson, who didn't have a good game. Uh, Willock, he couldn't pass the ball forward without giving it away to a Newcastle player. He had a really poor game. Um, Pepe didn't do anything uh, too amazing, but at least he was creating chances. Um, William did nothing apart from frustrate every Arsenal fan that's ever lived. Um, <laughs> you know, there was there was a lot of chances, but especially in the attacking areas, um, yeah, the, I think the first team pretty much picks itself now, especially after this performance and the last three wins that we've had. Yeah, I like the way that even though we didn't play a, a natural 10, we still played four at the back. So it does, I think, suggest that we're going to keep playing four at the back in the future. I want to see that go. I want to see that with a 10, a proper 10 like Smith Rowe, or yeah. if we do buy someone else, I don't want to see William pay as a 10 because a 10 needs to be fit and agile and like up for it and running around. And William is the most unenergetic player I think I've ever seen play. He was out on the wings the whole time. I saw it on the team sheet that he was going to be a 10, but I didn't feel like he was actually a 10. He was just sort of a roaming sort of forward player, which is fine if you've been given license to roam, but you have to do something with it. And he was wasteful. He yeah. was unenergetic. He made no difference. And I didn't... He could have He could have easily scored. Um, when Aubameyang got played clean through um, and he's fired the shot like quite powerfully, but the keeper yeah. saves it quite easily. Parries it back to William. Um, William could easily hit first time and score, um, easily hit with his second touch and score, takes it on this third touch and then his fourth touch is a blazing left shot over the bar Yeah. Um, and it just sums up his Arsenal career. There's not too much else to say apart from that, um, can we sell him in January? Um, failing that, sell him in the summer or I'm I'm kind of done. Yeah, he squandered that chance, he delayed too long but I do want to highlight because I don't think a lot of people have you know, the biggest love for David Luiz, but that was such a great pass to get out with that chance before William West it up. Oh, no one doubts David Luiz is passing. Yeah, he's got great vision no for a defender. It was... um. Yeah, um, 
That's what we can say. I was going to say, yeah, he's, he's got a great passing range. He hit it perfectly to not be offside. I believe that's on, but uh, we didn't have to have a VAR check in the end because it didn't go in. Um, but I thought that was a great yep. pass. Um, but the thing is, I think Willian squanders that every time. I think if that had fallen to a bunch of our players, they squander that chance because there's not that killer instincts, that confidence that I am going to score this. And I feel like if you believe you're going to score it, you just take it. You might just take one touch and just yep. smash it. Or you go first time. The longer you take, the more chances that the defenders have to get to the perfect places where they're cutting off all like parts of the goal. And then you have to go for a super weird angle like Willian had to in the end on your left foot because... You've you've messed yourself up by just being slow and delayed, and it's just it's too lethargic. Yeah, hundred um, percent. One quite a few observations that I made in the game relating to the same kind of thing um, were our corner kicks today. Um, I don't know if you observed as well, but we kept going short. Um, we also kept doing this weird thing uh, where we'd all rush the keeper, and then <laughs> kind of do like well, we rush the keeper, and then we rush out when the ball comes in and uh, I think whoever has been training the Arsenal team on set pieces needs to be sacked I think we actually hired a set piece specialist yeah you know um, we've got the uh, lowest point last season we've got the lowest percentage of goals from set pieces in the league now I mean it was the highest in the league last year it's not hard to see every every time we had a corner on tonight's game I wanted I felt like punching the screen okay but okay offensively it might not be great but do you not have to think about how improved we are on set pieces defensively no I've, I've, i think that's true i think that especially compared to old arsenal teams we we seem to be defending corners quite well um but it's just it's the pure amount of frustration from all the short corners that don't work and then the stupid tactic of just being on the keeper um and trying to be like a physical presence on the keeper even though their keeper's very good physically and in the air and there you've got Joe Linton, uh, Andy Carroll, uh, you know, loads of tall centre-backs yeah. and midfielders and stuff that will absolutely outjump Arsenal. And we're trying to use intimidation tactics on Yeah, Newcastle. I wasn't sure what we were trying to do there. We never got to see the method behind the madness because the delivery was never good enough to see what they would have would. done. We never would because we're never going to win. We're never going to win them headers. I presume Unless... it's just a crowd at the keeper and then trying to put him off I, or something. I, I, I don't get it. It, it literally... Uh, I just... I d- that's why I brought it up. I just wanted to add that the corners were an absolute disgrace today. <laughs> okay, but we won the Might game. be a bit over the top, but still quite a disgrace. Um, so I believe, and I'm sorry if I've butchered the numbers, I believe that we've conceded 11% of our goals from set pieces this season. And this time last season, or at some point, it was 46% or something. So it was the highest and now it's the lowest in the league. So to say that the set pieces person needs to get sacked is... Like that wasn't a great game offensively, but it seems or like something's happening positively maybe, in that direction. No, um, let me correct that. We need to sack his offensive side of the game. <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll keep his defenses defensive capability because he's clearly good at that. Um, but as far as him trying to set up, set us up for attacking set pieces, uh, well, mainly corner kicks. I'm talking about even our free kicks were awful. But I think that's got a lot of work. He's got a lot of work to do. Um, not that he should be doing it after how bad we've been. So uh, employ <laughs> a new employ employ a new um, corner kick attacking instructor or whatever the hell they're called these Split days. Split the job role into two. Exactly. Fair enough. 
Um, I will say that for once, I was glad in hindsight that Xhaka was subbed on because I thought that he did a lot more than Willock did. Um, usually, I'd be more in favour of seeing Willock because I think that athletically and technically he could do things that Xhaka can't, but he did go missing that game today and Xhaka did put sort of a steely, um, hard-felt presence in that, that he did feel that he was there and um, we seemed to gain control in the midfield more when he was there. But we do yeah. need to remember also... Let me... Yeah. I was going to say, just let, just while we're staying on this topic, I don't want to go uh, off topic and forget to say. So a question with Willock is, can you guess how many misplaced heavy touches and overall times that Willock lost the ball? Do you, know you want to take answer? a rough? I don't, but a rough estimate would probably be about 78. <laughs> a rough estimate. Uh, I think it's unfortunate. I, I, I want to see Willock as an academy kid do well. I think there's, there's promise there. We've seen him play well in, in the Europa League games against vastly more uh, inferior opposition so hopefully there's a player in there I don't know what the plan is for him for the future but I would not have him at high risk games in the Premier League at this point because you just can't afford to drop points as much as I want to see uh, the youth get blooded in he's he's played a number of games now and um, today he didn't uh, play to the level that we needed him to but I wish him all the best going forward and I hope that we do see him improve and uh, become because he's got that offensive side to his game where he wants to get in the box and score goals and he's got that good attacking instinct it's just some more yeah, if he didn't have such a heavy touch all the time then maybe he, he would be he just to. needs the basic aspects of his game to be sharpened up I think yeah I, I think he needs a loan in the Premier League uh, we also need to remember that uh, John Joe Shelby wasn't playing Sam Maximan wasn't playing and Callum Wilson wasn't playing so that's a decent part of their midfield wing and yeah, striking we, we, had a lot, we had a lot of players out as well only party really fairness. yeah but I think when you take in like you know we didn't start with a lot of players that we were well, stereotypically our best players um, you know we didn't have our best centre back, Gabriel. I mean, there's, you know, we didn't have a right back. Bella. We had a, we had yeah. a lot of players. We had a good five or six first team players not starting at least. So um, we weren't fully strengthened. Uh, Newcastle wouldn't have done much different. They hoofed the ball. Um, you know, they they play the same way. Uh, you know, they're always going to. Well, I mean, Callum Wilson might have come in, but the tactic would have been the same. Uh, lump the ball up to Joel yeah, Litton or Andy Carroll and try to get If he was there, same sort of style. Yeah. yeah, but, but I actually I was impressed with them defensively. I thought they kept the line in the shape really well. It's it's not hard when you put uh, ten men behind. <laughs> do, do, do you know what I mean? There was there was no ambition to attack. Like they, you know, they were they were preying on. Um, I think they were happy for penalties, set pieces, and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean there there wasn't much ambition. Um, yeah, I mean it, it's it's hard to say. Newcastle always play always play the same way. Um, I don't remember seeing a time when they've outpassed the team or, you know, and not relied on long ball kind of tactics. I think Almiron was good. Uh, yeah, but again, he's got no stats. <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't finish goals. Obviously. He doesn't assist and he doesn't score. So, I mean, he's good at taking on a couple of players and not having any end product. If you like that sort of stuff. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so, what do you think of Aubameyang today? Got on the score sheet, but what do you think about his overall performance? Um, it's difficult because I, I have I have a trouble a lot of the time assessing Aubameyang's game because he is a striker that relies on service. Um, this Arsenal team doesn't supply him with a lot of service. Um, 
and as I've said previously, he's not a player that will go out and create a lot of stuff um, himself and goal scoring opportunities himself. Yeah. Um, I think if you look at it at the moment, Lacazette's definitely the striker in form. Um, I think you can sense that Aubameyang feels that. But when Aubameyang got his second goal, um, another assist by Tierney, um, you saw what it meant to Aubameyang. He's he's clearly, you know, he's clearly really wanting to score and really get back into form. That's very yeah. evident to see. And that's a very nice thing to see because obviously a lot of us have been worried he signed a new a new contract and thought oh, his form's kind of bubbled off but at least he's you know at least he's showing he, he, he cares yeah he's trying to get it back yeah yeah that's true so I guess for most of the game it was a pretty drab game there wasn't a huge amount of stuff going on it, it opened up for brief periods and then it settled down and then someone would soak up pressure and mostly us would go forward but then at times it was them that were outplaying us they had, uh, they had a good they had a good spell in the second half for yeah. a good 10-15 minutes I think at the start of the half where I thought they might be able to nick a goal here. Um, especially that um, Carroll chance where yeah. he's kind of, it's flashed across and he's just put it wide. And he, it, everyone, it looked like he was offside. Uh, everyone probably thought he was. Um, but then he's just, you know, he's lashed it and it's just gone slightly wide. He had a couple of chances today. Um, I think he had a decent game yeah, apart I from his finishing. If he, if he improved his finishing, that, that you know, Newcastle, probably in, in the 90 minutes, Newcastle had the better chances. He, uh, I was surprised with how athletic he was, given that he's had all the injuries and he's 32 now. And he's, um, he's yeah. difficult to play against because he's stronger than most centre backs, and he's got that reach and that aerial like power. So he's just difficult. You, you, it would unnerve me if I was a centre back to play against. Obviously, I wouldn't because I'm not. Yeah, a centre-back, I think because but... of his because of his strength and size, he, and left or right foot, he can always bang a shot. Um, quite, you know quite randomly but he, he's got he's got a good shot on him if he needs to yeah also highlight a very rare once every year two years maybe fantastic forward pass from El Nenny great for Alba didn't finish it off unfortunately but I think we do need a special segment and highlight for whenever El Nenny does make a forward pass I think it's <laughs> worth worth reporting and dancing a few few hours away for well I felt like, I felt a bit like that with Willock today to be honest I think El Nenny mate how many was a lot better in his passing than Willock? Um, yeah, <laughs> but Willock is a is a forward passing guy. He can play as an eight or a, well, he's played sometimes as a ten. So you do expect yeah, more to forward, forward pass. You actually have to. Yeah, but when you forward pass, you actually have to get it to the player that's on the same team as you. You do realize that. Yeah, do you realize that? Honestly, I was more disappointed with Willock's sort of invisibility than losing possession. Because if you try and make something happen and lose possession. I understand you've tried to move it forwards and get something going on rather than taking the risk free. Don't blame me for the fact that we've lost because I don't want to take accountability. But it was more yeah. the 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 invis like the the not really getting stuck into the game and making yourself part of the game that I, I was. But that, but that's, that's what with. I mean with him. I, I want him I want the best for him. I think he needs to make or break six month loan. If he goes on a six month loan, he does the business in the Premier League, uh, at a lower down team. Then I'd consider um, giving him more of a chance, Arsenal. But the way he's playing at the moment, um, I just don't think he gets anywhere near our team. It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. I wanted to see him sort of grab that game by the scruff of the neck. Um, I think Alba was poor aerially. It seemed like he was just sort of pretending to go for crosses to make it look like he was trying and didn't really want to try and get the headers in. He... Yeah, but that's not his game, is it? Have he scored headers in the last couple of years? I think he scored like three in like the last two or three years he's been Arsenal. But yeah, but then 
you can do. I, I, he's he's tall. He's like six two or something. You can still go. For yeah, but he's 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 not someone that's going to fling his head at a, head at a ball. If you look back to that chance last week where Saka's hit and Abangyan's kind of tried to get on the end of it, but the post has kind of scared him a little bit. Like, do you know what I mean? He's not mm-hmm. someone who's going to throw himself in front of a ball. Like another striker might dive in head of that, and if they hit their shoulder on the post, do you know what I mean? They hit yeah. their shoulder no, on the no, post. But yeah, um, he. I'm glad he got the goal. Like last time when we were talking about the Southampton game, when he got the goal, you thought maybe he'd come back to life. And it yeah. is sad because we do have such high expectations of him because he's been so great in the past. Um, and that's just how it is when you've been a world-class player. We expect you to sort of oh, keep that up. Um, so I wish for him that he can get it back. I hope that instead of like after the Southampton game where he'll then lose his confidence again and not do it, uh, this is the catalyst that helps him get back into like, winning ways and really, really do it properly from now on because he is such yeah. a good player on his day. With our current sort of newfound confidence in Smith Rowe and um, you know Saka playing well, to have him start firing as well would be powerful stuff. And I reckon we could really go on a good winning streak and go for like top six stuff and really move up the table. So I hope he can. I'm glad we've got this FA Cup win, but to me it's not the biggest priority because it's all about winning the Europa League and then coming, you know, wherever we can in the league as well. Yeah. Um, we love trophies, but I think to win it again, I think it'll almost be like, all right, we've done this once where we've had a terrible season and we've forgotten about it because of the FA Cup. Like, does it really have the same esteem to us now? Yeah, I mean, that, that shows the difference between us and Tottenham though, doesn't it? Um, we almost don't want to win a trophy because we've won it so much. And they desperately want to win a trophy because they never win any trophies. Yeah, I really hope City win that. Sorry, that was my Tottenham hate coming out. I apologise. <laughs> You're allowed to. It's an Arsenal podcast. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> um, I just think I'm looking forward. I'm very much looking forward um, to our next few games because they're winnable games. Our next game against Crystal Palace on Thursday. I want to see Lacazette down the middle. I want to see Aubameyang on the right. I want to see Saka back on the... Uh, sorry, let me rephrase that because I got that wrong. Go on. I want to see Lacazette down the middle. I want to see Aubameyang on the left. I want to see Saka on the right and I want to see Smith Rowe right behind and I yeah. think with that front four we can do some serious damage yeah so I think Party will be back by then as well hopefully I want to see Party because it looked like on the few very few games we've seen him play that he really does make his presence known in midfield I want to um, I want to talk on Pepe because um, though he did the standard Pepe thing and just sort of making like terrible touches that would go off the pitch or just missing really easy yeah. passes I was actually quite happy with what I saw from Pepe today, even though he didn't score a goal and didn't, you know, get on the score sheet or the assists or anything like that. He was beating his man. He was creating problems for the defence and drawing people away from where they should be and just creating problems. And um, that was, you don't have to score a hat-trick to be, to make yourself known. You know, the real performances are grinding it out in the nil-nils and stuff like that, where you do try and make a difference. And, um... I'm not saying that he's lighting up the Premier League, but I am encouraged by what I saw. If he can build on that, and you know, even though you've mentioned your four people in the in in the front four not being Pepe, I hope yeah. he can get game time and start grinding out consistent performances and perform better because there is a player well, in him. I think when you when you consider Pepe's performance tonight, let's take the Arsenal front five tonight. So. You've got Willock, Nelson, William, Pepe, and Aubameyang, and Pepe in the 90 minutes was the best of them five. And I don't think it was very close. I'm not saying Pepe had a world-class game because he didn't. But he was the one creating. He was the one trying to make things happen. I didn't really see that from any other players. Um, I I think he he had a solid game. I mean, he didn't have a £72 million game. Um, (laughs) And, you know, he hasn't hasn't got a goal or or any assist to show for it. But 
I think he he did have a bit of a creative spark. Um, obviously, I think if you had Saka on the right, he probably would have got more. You know what I mean? Yeah, you got rested though. He's played so much. Yeah, oh, 100 percent. I I didn't I don't I didn't I completely agree. I didn't want uh, Rob holding Saka or Smith Rowe um, starting this game at all because I think we need to we need to rest them up and make sure they're protected. Yeah, um, but interestingly, I want to because uh, the person we will compare Pepe with because it was our two main transfer targets that window was yeah. Zahar and Pepe, and Zahar has done an interview or did some sort of quote. I saw it come up. Oh, I saw this as well, yeah. He said he spoke to Emery. I'm not sure if this is on the phone or... I'm not sure you're allowed to speak to people without a bid being accepted. I don't know what the rules are there, but he said he spoke to <laughs> Emery. Up, I'm up. not sure if Emery's been tapping the boy up, but um, he yeah, said... Yeah, he's gone now, so don't <laughs> Emery's about to get fired from his current job for FA rule breaches. No, yeah, we'll but, probably um... end up getting fined. <laughs> He'll, um... So he said Emery was like, you know, I want you to come. And Zahar was like, well, you know, I'd love yeah. to come. And I think this was at the time where like leaked interviews were being coming out of like Zaha going, you know, I am I play for Crystal Palace, but I'm a gunner, I'm an Arsenal fan, all yeah. this stuff. Um, and uh, then perfectly written soundbite if he wrote this or did it, he went just wrote. But then they chose Pepe over me. You know, the Zaha yeah. is intimating there that um, they've made a bad decision. I'm the better player and stuff like that. I don't think either of them are 72 billion pound players, but I do think that now, I mean, I did at the time want Pepe over Zaha because I was sort of, I, I like the exotic French league yeah. destroyer that was killing the league. And I thought that he offered more and he was younger. He's two years, two, two and a half years younger, I believe. But uh, now, obviously now we've seen this and we've seen him kick on again at uh, Crystal Palace yeah. after a poor last season, I would much rather have Zaha in the team. But, um, you know, I think we can look at this more objectively 18 months later. What do you think about that? And what did you think at the time versus now? Um, it's a difficult one. Um, I think Zahar and Pepe are very similar players. Um, I think that they both suit counter-attacking teams. Um, I think if you put Zahar in Arsenal's teams, I think you'd have similar struggles to Pepe does. Uh, sim- similar struggles, sorry to what Pepe does, because they both like space to run into. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Zahar's got a bit of a bit more technical ability. Um, he could probably... His close control is a little bit better than Pepe's is, I think. Um, yeah. But I'm not, like, distraught that we didn't go for Zahar. I think their stats and stuff would be very similar. I'm not sure... I'm not 100% sure if Zahar would start for Arsenal uh, consistently. Um, really? It, you know, last season he had a very bad last season. I he think did, but he's, he's, he's got it back well. in this season. Um, he's got some good stats this season, but I think the sample. He'd also have this better players around small. him at Arsenal, remember, and they can elevate players. Or maybe yeah. in his position, he likes being the main man. I think so. Yeah, it might be one of the things where it's you know big fish, small pond. Um, I mean, obviously, when he was at Man United, it's it was very early days, so it's hard. You can't really judge him too much on that. Um, yeah, and obviously he didn't go through a lot of good stuff with David Moyes and stuff like that. I, I think. Uh, <laughs> Did you see what um, I think? Evra had to say about Evra. that. <laughs> yeah, um, that was cheeky. But um, no, I th- I think uh, I just reiterate the point where I think they're both better in a counter-attacking team, um, and I don't think there's a massive goal in quality between the two. I think Zaha's probably, you know, you'd you probably slightly take Zaha because he's he's done it a little bit more in the Premier League, but. Um, yeah, if they were if they were the same price, um, I'd probably maybe s- slightly pick Zaha because we don't know what it 
the being like Arsenal. That's the only, yeah. you know, that's the only um, yeah, thing you can see in hindsight. Because with yeah. Pepe, you know how he's performed for Arsenal. Um, that not, being said, I, it's not as disastrous as that of, interview I was do, making I just it out. want. Yeah, I just want Pepe to get a run of five or ten starts in the Arsenal team to show what he can really do. And if he doesn't cut it, then we look at selling him. But the problem we've got is that Saka has got that position now, so it's not going to happen. Yeah, so it's, it's a lot of games, it's, though. It's a catch-22. Yeah, but I I think Pepe is a confidence player. I think he needs to be starting. Yeah. To get the best out of him, I think he needs to have a consistent run of games, and I don't think he's going to get that. Um, and ultimately, I think that's... Not the main reason why we're going to sell him, but I don't think... I'd be surprised if he lasted past the summer. Really? I think he'll last longer than the summer. I think that, I think, on hindsight, perhaps now we've had Pepe underperform. We'd like, we'd have had the, uh, though he's older, the sort of shorter term uh, returns that Zahar would have brought. But I don't think either of them are £70 million players. They would have been great additions to the squad. I'd very much like to have Zahar. But I don't think... um, is a huge obvious, oh my God, why we didn't we do that? Because at the time, uh, Pepe was coming off a massively successful season, was just yeah. killing the game. And um, we knew what Zaha was capable of, but Pepe was younger. And I guess also that you are you have your head swayed by that what he could be, because he hasn't done it in our league. And rather than yeah. go with tried and tested English Premier League players. Um, I'll so, be honest. As, yeah. I, was, I just want to add one more comment on that. I'll be honest, like when we were linked with both... Zahar and Pepe I didn't see a great deal of Arsenal fans being like we really need to sign Zahar we really want Zahar no, I, I didn't Pepe. see a lot of Arsenal fans yeah yeah and that's what I mean I didn't see a massive uh, fawning over Zahar or anything like that yeah um, right I want to talk about Smith Rowe didn't yep. start this game which I was fine with because it shows that he's become a first team player because if he wasn't he'd be mm-hmm. starting these games and getting on the bench in the Premier League so I'm glad to see that he's been sort of trusted as this future starter yeah. Um, I don't know if we'll buy someone in January. It looks like we're trying to buy a 10, but we haven't yet. And um, mm-hmm. so I'm glad to see him start the next few games, which is what it looks like it will do. Yeah. He got man of the match today. He only came on at like 60 minutes in or 55 minutes in or something. So to get man of the match, you have to be the game winner. And he was the game winner. Obviously, Albert got a goal after, but he mm-hmm. he scored the goal that made the difference and forced Newcastle to play crazier, which allowed Albert to score that second one. Yeah. It was a great first head of touch by Lacquer to get to him Brilliant. and a great finish from him. I was a bit worried when I first saw it that his sort of chest touch had brought it too far away from him. But it was actually, when they showed the replays, it was perfectly weighted to give him that, that, that tough angle, but a great finish. It reminds me of the goal he scored, I think it was against West Brom in the championship where he scored that last second one. That um, I think it was against West Brom. He scored a really late uh, one. I don't watch championship. <laughs> I honestly, I was just in the pub when I, it was on, but um, yeah. I was glad to see Smith Rowe score I then. Think, yeah, I think with Smith Rowe, he's um, and what we've seen in the last few games, he's formed quite a good partnership with, especially Saka, but mm-hmm. also linking with Lacazette, and Lacazette links the attack better than Aubameyang. So I think having Lacazette down the middle has has helped Smith Rowe, um, and you know, and Saka and well, because as they were the three who created the team goal against West Brom. Um, They've created a nice, well, a lovely first goal for us tonight. Um, and like you said, um, he's running into the space. Uh, he's got a lovely controlled touch and he, it's a brilliant finish. Um, let's put Willock in that position. Um, he has a heavy touch and he runs out for a goal kick for Newcastle. 
I I don't think we should use Smith Rowe doing well to beat up on another player who's not been playing well. It's he, unfortunate. He needs, he needs some criticism because I think he he's let the early Europa League height get to his head. I think he will be a better player for it. He needs a bit of. I'm not you know I'm not hating on the kid. I just think sort he needs to sort his game out a bit. He yeah. needs to he needs to really knuckle down and uh, prove that he can stay at this club. And if he's going to get offended with stuff like that, then he isn't got the mentality to be a footballer. No, you're right. Sometimes the biggest improvements come from when you have to do a real reality check and go, right, I'm not in the place I want to be. How do I get there? And you start yeah. looking for ways to improve. And I presume that he's doing that because he's an uh, he's an elite athlete. Um, but, you know, when you really do need to look at what am I doing wrong? How can I fix these these holes in my game? Yeah. Um, you, uh, that complacency cannot be there. That ego cannot be there. So I hope he can get, get with it because... Um, He's seen how people at like Smithrow, who didn't have a huge amount of game time before this, obviously injuries, loans and stuff like that, have come in and sort of usurped him into the squad and hit the ground running and smashed it. And Smithrow, even without the goal, was a fantastic player and has played really well in those games. Um, I'm really, really pleased to see him do it. Obviously, we saw him a few years ago when he was about 17 in the Europa League and he was clearly rated highly because he was the one from the youth yeah. team before Saka and stuff like that. Obviously, he's a bit older than Saka. Uh, get into the squad. Um, unfortunately he was injured then he was on loan at Leipzig then he was on loan at Huddersfield and he's had a lot of injuries in between I hope that those are just one-off freak accidents and he's not injury prone and uh, I'm really excited because he seems like a nice guy Um, seems like a really really good player tidy player doesn't make a lot of mistakes and I'm really really happy with what he's done so far and it's great to see the Arsenal youth kids come through and uh, perform Oh, 100% that makes it even better even sweeter for us Arsenal fans um, I think the in- interesting thing about this Arsenal team is as well that it's quite... I don't know if it's a, a good thing or a bad thing, but if you play three or four good games in this Arsenal team, you become a starter. And that's what it's... I mean, it's it's quite sad, really, because in pre- as previous seasons gone by, you'd have to play well in more than three or four games to become a starter for Arsenal. But these kids are doing it, and they're nailing down positions. Yeah. Um it's it it's great to see. Like like I said, like the connection between Saka and Emma Smith Rowe is is lovely to watch. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I've been more excited than average for these last couple games. I think, and it's because of Smith Rowe. I'm excited to watch what he's going to do. I want to see what he's got next because we haven't seen much of it. I'm excited to watch it mostly. And obviously there's a lot of other people I'm excited to watch as well. But yeah. I want to see what he's going to do because it's been so long, I guess, since Ozil that we've had like a working 10 that can make stuff happen. Yeah. And I'm excited to have that player again if he can be that player consistently. Yeah, definitely. I think um, a lot of Arsenal fans were calling for it earlier in the season. Um, Arteta was stubborn, uh, refused to do it. Um, and now I think these players that he was too stubborn to start have probably saved his job, to be honest. <laughs> he wasn't going to lose his job. Oh, no, actually, sorry, I'm thinking of just this game. But, it, yeah, the Chelsea game was the sort of start of the uh, the change around and maybe. Yeah, I think if he lost a couple more, he'd have been gone. Um, you know, credit to him. he's he, he did make the changes, but I think a lot of Arsenal fans have been asking for players like Smith Road to start a lot sooner um, instead of relying on players like Willian and, you know. Yeah. The rest is history. Yeah, well, he does keep insisting on using Willian, even though we're seeing such poor performances from him. He just walks around. And if you're going to be a wide player or a middle player in the, as a 10, you've got to be energetic because you don't even have to mark him. You can just sort of stand around him and you don't have to worry about him running past you because he's just not... I'm not sure. Does he, is he not match fit? Is he not bothered? What he, is it? 
he just doesn't seem like he's going to ever do anything. He doesn't seem like he's got any attributes. Um, like, I don't know what's happened to his pace. He's got a decent 5 to 10 yard pass. Um, but I'm struggling to see. He, I mean, did you see his free kick early in the game? <laughs> that was just terrible. <laughs> um, he P rolled it against the wall. Um, but I don't know what he was trying to do there because even if you mess up a free kick, you don't do that. So it seemed like there was intent yeah. behind it almost. Yeah. Um, you know, we've spoken about William before. Um, I feel but like we can talk him about him again. He deserves. I feel it. like, he I feel do like giving him, him him too much airtime is, is is a mistake. Um, you know, if he's going to start, we we do want him to do well. We're not just hating on him for the sake of it. But um, what can you say about William? Right, that's all I've got to say about the match. Have you got anything you want to sum it up with? Uh, not really. Um, another win, another positive. Yeah, um, yeah. We're probably going to accidentally win the FA Cup again. <laughs> um, we'll see what happens. As long as we don't meet Man City, because they seem to beat us every time we play them. But, you know, well, apart from the FA Cup semi-final last year, but, you know. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Um, I think another talking point is Balogun didn't make the bench and this is the kind of game you'd assume he'd make the bench on yeah. because it's not in the Premier League and it's not got the same stakes. Ornstein, I believe, or someone in the Athletic reported that he was close to signing a pre-contract with another team but Arteta himself has said that he he wants him to stay aka Arteta wants Balogun to stay yeah. and that Balogun himself wants to stay and it's just the agent that is causing friction. So... Well, what- what a way for Arteta to show Balogun that he wants him to stay by leaving him completely out of the squad. But is the Leeton, I doubt that he's left him out for non-behind-closed-doors reasons. I mean, I I don't get it. Like, If you're going to come out and say, I want this guy to stay, he's got a future at Arsenal, you know, the player wants to be here, I want him to be here, and then he doesn't make the squad at all... Um, but why would you play someone who's got six months on his contract? It's a it's, it's a difficult situation. If you're trying to convince him to stay, then surely you'd give him a bit of game time. No, it's because... not like it's not like he's starting, you know, in the Premier League against a top six team. He's playing an FA Cup game against Newcastle at home. He, I, you, sh- I would not want to play someone who's got six months left on his contracts just to get more interest elsewhere, just to you know to have him go. And matter, he also really, but... doesn't want to sign a new contract until he starts playing, but they don't want to play him until he signs a new contract. So we're in a difficult situation. Yeah, I want him well, to stay. I think he's got more potential than Ketty has shown. Well, he's not going to stay if he's not going to get games. So I don't think he's going to stay. Well, he's 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 got to go. The way Arteta's treated him, I believe. So you think it's Arteta's fault? Not. I don't think it's his fault. Like he, he you know, if Arteta doesn't want to start him, that's fine. He's probably got his reasons, but I just think it's a bit weird how he comes out and says. Oh, I want him to stay. It's, you know all this stuff, and then just doesn't even put him in the matchday squad. It's it's just, you know, it 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 just doesn't make much sense to me. Because I, I know you're saying he doesn't want to play a player that's got six months left in his contract. But it's like, how are you, if you want this guy to stay, how is that ever going to help in this situation? It's not. Yeah, I um, I reckon there's a sort of upper management, don't play him until he signs the contract thing going on. Well, he's not signing any contract then, is he? No, and I do believe it also that it's the upper management's fault that he's going more than Arteta's because the upper management's Arteta's job is the to manager. get people. Arteta's the manager, you've to... got to remember that. Arteta is a strong enough man that if he wants to play a player, 
he will go against the wishes of upstairs. Arteta is the manager of this football club. He makes the squad decisions. He might not make go into details on transfers, contracts, and all that sort of stuff. But he picks the team. No one else helps him. Pick no, that's the team. fine. That's fine. I'm saying that upper management should have done something with this contract before we got to the stage where he's got all the oh, leverage yeah, and he can bend you over contracts. for a contract. It's also on contracts. It's not exactly a good love story, is it? No, it's really frustrating to see someone who's shown real promise in the games that he has played go for free to Germany, wherever he's going to go, um, and potentially light it up and become a £50 million player. Obviously, that we don't know anything about this kid. It's just annoying that the, the person who's the best current prospect is potentially going to go. And we've seen it before where either they've run their contracts down or they've gone for really cheap because they won't renew or they've just gone. People like Nabry, yeah. Gnabry, or Nabry, I don't know how you say it still. People seem to say different ways. you know. And we've also seen people like... Uh, Benesser and Daniel Marlin go and become great players and it's just frustrating to have all these kids Like it should be interesting actually we should, for the next one we should make an Arsenal prospect that left uh, 11 and see how good the squad is Yeah, because I reckon you've got a whole Champions League team and the people that should be playing for Arsenal right now but don't oh, 100% yeah it's, it's always it's always difficult in hindsight you've got plenty of clubs that have made the same mistake you look at Kevin De Bruyne mm-hmm. uh, you know you look at well I'd say Lukaku but you know he's I think Lukaku is great. I think he's so underrated. Yeah, no, I I just mean you know you know Chelsea let Salah go. You know I mean like you play teams make mistakes. Um, Mm -hmm. You're not going to be able to keep everyone happy. Um, You know he's he's going to go. I wish him all the best. I hope for his sake because you know um, he's an Arsenal player. I hope he does go on to be a really good striker Um, and hopefully. If he does, and we need one in the future, then we'll get him back. But it just it depends if he burns his bridges or as he leaves. Yeah. Rumours came out today that West Ham were interested in Enketia. So they've just sold Halle for £20 million Ooh, or whatever good. to Ajax. Allegedly because he didn't want to adapt to their system. Other links to... <laughs> they Apparently they're interested in is include Josh King from Bournemouth so what do you think about that um, I'm I think we should sell Enketia. Um get a buyback clause um, I mean if, if West Ham would give us the 20 million and they pay for Heller um, I'd snap the handle for it um, and maybe put a 30, 35 buyback clause in him to see what we can get out of it because if he becomes that good um, then you know there's no reason why we can't get him back a lot of other big teams have done it um, you know I'd, I'd rather even sell him a little bit cheaper to put a buyback clause in just in case do you think there is so potential? I'd, I'd take I think he just needs to it's like any young striker it's confidence he needs to start consistently um, otherwise he's not going to build it up like how do you think Harry Kane became so good? Like, it's it's a confidence thing. They need to start games. Dominic Calvert-Lewin, he needs... He, the more they start games, the better they're going to get. He, I'm, I'm not saying Nketiah is going to be a world-class striker, but he he might. He, there's no there's nothing that completely rules it out in the future. Not at the moment. He's nowhere close to that at the moment. But young strikers can transform once they get game time and a club that suits them. 
So it, they did say in that same piece that uh, Moyes was going to be allowed to reinvest the money they got for Heller into buying a new striker that suits their system. If you're Moyes, do you go for Josh King or Nketiah? And would you, if you're David Moyes, pay twenty million for Nketiah? Uh, Nketiah, personally, not not just as an Arsenal fan. I just don't rate Josh King that much. Um, he's he's been at Bournemouth for a long time. If he was. If people rated him, he, he wouldn't be playing for Bournemouth, put it that way. He almost went back to Man U last year. Yeah, I think Man United were desperate at that point, though. Mm-hmm. That would have been, and then no offence to him, but that would have been a desperate signing at the time. And he would not be in Man, anywhere close to Man United's. Uh, he'd be a, a squad player, um, bench player mainly, I think, if he signed for Man United then. So, Inketi or Josh King, if you're Moyes? Inketi, 100%. You There's think- way more potential. Uh, Josh King doesn't really score goals. Inketia could potentially score goals. You're not going to get goals from Josh King. You think it's too late? He's also too younger, late in his obviously. Oh, Inketia's way younger than yeah, Josh he's King. He's 21. Yeah. I think Josh King's 28. Yeah, that's what I mean. I mean, it's not even like if Josh King was a proven Premier League goal scorer, then you could go. Yeah, I'd go I think for he Josh was King. for one season. I don't. I think he got a lot of penalties. I, I don't think he was anywhere close to like 15 goals or anything like that. He might have got a season with about ten. I think something. he did get a ten. But I think there season. was three or three or four or five penalties in there, to be honest. Right. So we're seeing more developments in the Ozil stuff. Um, before it was uh, potentially DC United and various M10 brand promotion that came with that. Yep. Now we're seeing much more Fenerbahce stuff. Um, businessmen allegedly subsidising transfers, wages of seventy-five k a week or something for a three and a half year deal. But um, something about Fenerbahce don't want to pay this six months' wages, so we have to pay it or something strange. And there's there's bits going on there. I honestly, I'm gonna be honest. Even though everyone's saying no, this is true. He is actually leaving this time. I don't believe it. I reckon his agent's gonna come out in a couple of days' time and say Messi is happy in London. We're gonna see out the contract. We hope that Arteta starts him. <laughs> I think um, we could we should try and do whatever we can to just try and get a bit of money back and not as in like sell him or anything like that but I just mean that the wages the wage situation if we can just let him go completely for free of which I think we will because of how much wages he's on mm-hmm. and then he can maybe just come to an agreement with Fenerbahce um, it's very unlikely because I think who's going to want to go from 350k to 75k but well, no one else is going to pay him more than that yeah. Well, not a lot more. Not even close. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, we'll just we just tr- try try our best, but we're not good at doing stuff like this. So, I wouldn't be surprised if we end up paying the rest of his contract and then him going to Fenerbahce. But I think just once and for all, he he needs to go now. It's obviously not working. Yeah, he's a bit of a a cloud hanging over the team right now. That once he's gone. The mentality he brings leaves a bit more and his influence, because he's obviously an influential player and so him being around does naturally slightly alter the mindset of the players that he's friends with and he knows. So him being gone, um, and obviously he was close to Kolasinac, Kolasinac is also gone, so that whole influence of the group is gone once Mustafi's gone as well, because I believe they were uh, uh, all all good friends and I think then you can start reinstilling the culture and the mentality that you as a manager with your Arteta want to instill without any of the people that were there before you were affecting your ability to have a clean slate um, 
he's better gone and all the wages paid than staying and not playing. But hopefully we can do some kind of agreement where we at least save some money because it's so much money. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's kind of got to that point now where people just don't care, which yeah. is crazy for Mesut Ozil because you never thought it would get to a situation where Arsenal fans or slash Arsenal don't really care about Mesut Ozil. Obviously, I care about him, what he did for the club, um, but it's just gone on for so long now that it's kind of ruined his kind of legacy that he's yeah. left for us Yeah, now. it's sad because now we've got a sort of bad taste in our mouth about him. But on his day, he was such a magical player that he instilled. Uh, sorry, not he, not instilled. He attracted such like emotion because you just loved him because he could do such crazy things and yeah. make things happen. And now that's all sort of ruined because now we think of him differently as this sort of money wage thief, rather than the magician that he was. Yeah, I mentioned a few it years in, ago in the last podcast. But he he brought winning days, winning winning days back to Arsenal. He signed in two thousand and thirteen. We won the FA Cup in 2014. Do you remember how you felt when he signed? I remember exactly how I oh, felt. I was watching Sky Sports News and I didn't believe it. <laughs> uh, we bidded 42 and a half million yeah, and I was yeah. like, we've just got one of the Galacticos. Like, it, it was it was a bit of a surreal I couldn't moment. believe we did that. And then I think in, in his first game, um, we were playing against Aston Villa and I think he assisted Giroud. And I was just like, this guy is going to be do some serious stuff for us um, it was the first big money signing we made after we were broke for so many it, years yeah it, it wasn't really an Arsenal type signing at all it was and it was coming from like he was pretty much a starter for Madrid at that point yeah like he you know he, he was a world class player like he'd you know he won the World Cup with Germany you know there was Oh no, he hadn't won it yet. They won sorry, it a year later. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was that was my a little bad. fact check. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, sorry, I, I thought it was 2010, and I realised that Spain won it in 2010, and it was 2014. But yeah, so um, yeah, it was one of the things where we actually signed a player that that we needed at the time. That was, I know it sounds weird, but we we signed a player that was down downgrading to come to us. Yes. When normally it's us signing a player that's very much upgrading to come to us. So it felt nice to be on the other other piece of piece of the table for once. Well, if they're downgrading to come to you, they care about the club, or you know, at the time he said it was because he wanted to play for Arsenal. Wenger. We don't have that kind of manager that gets people to sort of punch above our weight with the transfers anymore because Arsenal Wenger was such a you know a big name to players more than fans, probably because of how he was known for how he treated players and oh, how yeah, he got the best out of them and, and all that stuff, exactly yeah. all that stuff. We don't have that pull anymore because that kind of manager is dead now and it's you know it's more of a revolving door. But it was... I understand what you mean about the stepping down bit. Um, I hesitate to agree yeah, because I, like you can sort of just get washed up players as soon as you get people stepping down. Like If we get Isco in January, you've got a washed up player. Yeah, I, I don't want Isco... I'll be honest. I'd but do you know what I mean? It's that same sort of, if, the, if someone yeah. is taking a step down, are they just... Um, I think most people, and I hate to say it, would consider right now Chelsea better than Arsenal. So you'd say that William took a step down and you can see that he doesn't care. Is he just moving to Arsenal because he just is done with the game? Oh well, yeah. I, you I, want people that feel like they really did, like want to be there. And I don't think you get that as often with step downs as in step ups, where people feel like they have something to prove. You want people to feel like they don't belong in a way because that insecurity can encourage the best or at least the hardest work. Yeah. Yeah, true. I, I don't disagree with any of that. 
who knows we're talking nonsense regards to football is more like you know it's it's an individual's thing i know that whenever i've done my best work and i've created the best progress in my in my businesses is when i've had to take a big check of myself and thought hmm I don't belong here. And I wouldn't have got that stepping down because I'd have felt too comfortable and too complacent and I wouldn't have looked for all those little marginal gains. Um, whereas if I'd been Delhi Ali coming from League One to the Premier League, I hate to use a Tottenham player as an example, I'd have been like, right, I need to prove myself here. I'm training three times as hard. And you should just do that anyway. But I think stepping up is more conducive to a better work ethic than stepping down when you've already been there and you feel like you belong. You don't need to prove anything anymore. Yeah. It sounds like you summed up uh, William's Arsenal. William's Arsenal. <laughs> yeah, he's a uh, worst signing in a while. Last thing I want to talk to you about, and I'm sure you, you may have other things you want to talk about, but I saw a Martinelli interview. And um, he said, you know, I, I spent a few years, and I didn't realise it was a few years, I didn't know you could do things like this, at Man U, where he'd be training with the Man U team, playing against the Man U sort of defenders of his age group. And... Um, I'm not sure if he said this or if the article then says so he learnt to play against English defenders or English style defenders for years, used their great facilities uh, and then was eventually obviously purchased by Arsenal before just before he was 18 and came over. So do we have Manu to thank for how great Martinelli's been so far? Did Manu make Martinelli the player he is today and then we just took him and then ran with him? <laughs> what do you think? Um, I don't know really I think that and why didn't know, they get him so so run that back to me so Man United trained him for three years apparently they didn't, did well, they I didn't realise it was him, that long or did, they, did he just train with them I know that he trialled there but I believe I believe it was a direct quote from Martinelli saying I was there like 12, 13, 14 years old I believe um, but it like or for like three years or something. And I didn't realize that you could go to a different country for three years and do that sort of stuff. Unless it was like yeah. three summers or something, where you get like a six week visa. I don't know. But maybe. Um, so he's been. He's got history there. He's allegedly therefore learned how to play. I didn't realize it was that profound. The the differences. I but, think. I think it it could have been it could have been a positive. That was kind of the time. Um, what it would have been. What you said, twelve when he was about twelve, thirteen, or fourteen. Yeah, we purchased so him when he was seventeen. So a similar time when uh, Man United probably still had like a winning culture and stuff like their club. Um, probably it was probably just after Sir Alex Ferguson left actually. But um, you know, it 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 could, it's hard to know like how how well it did for him. He's obviously a bright young little spark in our team. Um, long may it continue. And if Man United have helped towards that. Um, I just hope he mugs him off when he scores again. <laughs> oh, man. To be fair to Man U, with their rivals, if you can even call us rivals, they're top of the league. We're 11th yeah. now. Um, well, we've both got ones. We've had historic rivalries over the years. And, uh, you know, we hate them for that because we want to trash them. We, we, you know, we want to be the winners. But they have developed a lot of young players, even the ones that aren't at Man U now. There's so many yeah. just Premier League players that came up through that youth academy that you've got to respect what they've done there. Yeah, for sure. Um, as of we, and as of ple- like Liverpool and Everton and academies like we that. Need, we need an Arsenal chant. Um, so they took Robin Van Persie, but we took Martinelli. Hey, this is, need- in 10 years, this will be the <laughs> where we referred to where where that chant started. started. Yeah, the origins. I love that. you got to make it rhyme a bit more. Come with the 16 bars and we'll do it on the next podcast. <laughs> yeah, 
not happening somehow. But yeah, um, yeah, it'd be nice if if he mugs Man United off a bit. Yeah, I'm, I don't know why they didn't sign him if they knew how good he was, unless they weren't convinced because they obviously didn't sign him when he had the opportunity to, when he was trialing with oh, them. We we let um, that diver Harry Kane go. To be fair, so. and ten. It's not yeah, really the same. So, we let him at ten. Oh, to be fair, uh, Marcelli was what 12, 13, 14, So yeah. Yeah, so you know it happens. Like we were talking about earlier with Salah, Kevin De Bruyne, Lukaku, there, there, there. Um, so you know, it, I'm sure Man United don't care that much. Um, they might if he turns into a world class player, but you know, wish could have, would have, whatever. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Have you got anything else you want to bring up? Uh, no, that's it for me. I don't really have any other topics. Yeah, it was a short one because we did the January transfer special, so that exhausted most of the sort of latest news. Yeah. Uh, and it was an FA Cup game rather than a Premier League game, so usually less sort of drama comes on as a result. Yeah, so exactly. a little bite-sized, just under an hour episode. We hope you enjoyed it listening to the third episode of North London's Most Read. I'm Jamie and I'm with Kieran. Uh, we'll be back after the next game against uh, Crystal Palace and then we'll be back doing it again, giving you all the best Arsenal gossip, player opinions, who's got it, who's not, who needs to get out, who needs to get in, and we'll be back in a few days' time. Yep. Thank you very much. See you later. Bye.